We're going to be talking about the question, is there life on other planets? Praise God. Uh, some feel that there's some scripture for that. And uh, I will tell you what that scripture is. If you'll stand with me today, I'll read that scripture. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, And that they come to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. A saucer came down, and it had horses of fire, and portered them both asunder. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. So the Lord sent a saucer down to get him. Ezekiel 1 and 4 says, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and the brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof was the color of amber, and out of the mist of the fire, uh, humanity was always, has always, oh no, I'm sorry, out of the midst of the fire. Praise God. The rest of it's my lesson. Um, in, if you want to continue later to read Ezekiel chapter 1, they say there's much more scriptures in that. But Lord, we love you and thank you, Lord, for being here tonight, asking you, Lord, to help us, dear Lord, as we delve into your word. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say Amen. You may be seated. Humanity has always been fascinated with the concept of life on other, in other places. Life other than our own. People that exist somewhere other than here. And we've done a lot of work to try to find them. You see, it, it, is, it is a human nature... For us to want to know if there's anyone out there that resembles us. Anybody like us. Anybody out there. Praise God. And in the 1950s, they came up with this word called UFOs. UFOs is unidentified flying objects. Now, I'll just tell you that I believe in UFOs. I personally believe in UFOs. Because what UFOs is, UFOs is unidentified flying objects. I don't know all the species of flies, and I don't know all the species of bugs. And every once in a while, one of them goes by me. It's a UFO, unidentified flying object. I'm not sure what it is. When something is not sure what it is, they call it a UFO, unidentified flying objects. When people see things in the sky or whatever, they say, well, and they report it, they say, well, it's an unidentified flying object. We don't know what it is. Well, if it's a, a person, let, let's just say it's the government with a special plane, then uh, they know what it is, but we don't know what it is. So to us, it's an unidentified flying object. And this come up in the 1950s, that wording, because it was in the 1950s that things began to, uh, man began to become interested. All down through the years, man has been interested in things outside our earth. But it hasn't been, except for the last hundred years, now that we have telescopes, now that we have uh, uh, the ability to get a rocket and go to the moon, 
that we are more interested than ever before. We've always been interested in, in trying to make contact with someone outside our world. And so, because of that, there are people that have great passions for that. I mean, there are people, their life, they live trying to find a Martian just as much as I live trying to study the Word of God. And they, 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 they get into UFOs, they get into uh, Martians, unidentified objects. Did you realize there was over 24 different shows on TV that uh, related to either Martians or space or whatever? And if you want to know what the people want to see, you just go to TV because of the ratings. And that scares me when I see some of the things that are popular today. I'm thinking, oh my God, praise the Lord. But when you go to TV, you find out what's popular. One of the things that I enjoyed and one of the things that you may have seen is a thing called Star Trek. I, I like watching Star Trek, Picard and uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, now, there's a new series of Star Trek that I'm not real interested in because everybody's subordinate in a way to that but with star trek it, you know everybody the captain everybody followed the captain unless he was losing it and then but i mean everybody listened and did what they should do star trek we it's and and i don't think it's a bad thing to watch uh i watch it all along understanding that it isn't a real thing you know it's an amazing thing about tv uh your soap operas they get tons and tons. When somebody dies on a soap opera, people are so engrossed into that soap opera, they send tons and tons of cards and flowers and candy, praise God, because the person died in the soap opera. They get so wrapped up, they think it's real. And I can watch Star Trek and understand it's all fiction, but it's fun to watch. And I really enjoy Star Trek. How many enjoy Star Trek in here today? Yes, I enjoy Star Trek. Another thing, a little more on the humor side, was Mork and Mindy. Y'all remember Mork and Mindy? Na 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 na. Is that how he did it? Mork and Mindy. Praise God. And he was an alien from out of the area. And so uh, it was Mork and Mindy. Praise the Lord. And I should not... Be, um, I should not be able to relate to you all because you were Pentecost and we did not believe in TVs. But anyways, Mork and Mindy, we saw it on the radio, okay? Amen. Mork and Mindy. How about Third Rock from the Sun? Praise God. Do you remember, I don't have enough, I don't have a thing to put up for the Third Rock of the Sun. But then there was the X-Files, for those of you that like it a little harder. They were, one of the, they were one of the shows that actually took supposedly alien sighting videos and put it into their show. But the best one of all that I really like, praise God, and I'm going back for some years, so you young people ain't going to remember this one, but y'all remember Lost in Space. Praise God, Lost in Space. How many know what the boy's name was? Will Robinson, all right, and then the computer, and I got on last night, and I, 
kind of played a little of these things. And uh, I, I played the computer, or I mean, I played it on the computer. And of course, the doctor was always getting him into messes, wasn't it? And the, uh, the, 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 the machine or the robot was always walking around saying, I don't think I'd do that. I don't think I'd do that. And then the doctor would talk him into doing it, and he would be the one that would get in there. Praise God. Or the best one of all is when he threw them arms out and set them up and down and hollered, warning, warning, danger, danger. Praise God. But this was what people liked because it feasted them on possibly something in outer space. Praise God. And so uh, some people believed it. Some people, praise God, just uh, uh, let it go, uh, just was entertainment. Praise God. And some of you might remember, you, some of you may not be old enough, but it was well believed that on July the 4th, 1947, there was a crash landing of an alien ship a few miles northeast of what city? There you go. New Mexico, right? Roswell, New Mexico. And the newspaper came out and he reported, the commander of the U.S. Army base uh, confirmed that a flying saucer had indeed crashed in the desert. And then rumors started circulating and the papers started to fly, praise God. And they began to say, amen, that they found aliens who had died on that crash. And then the second day, the paper couldn't wait to get out because the uh, commander of the uh, uh, the Navy, or the commander of the U.S. Army said that it was just a weather balloon. But I'm telling you, people were really, really going after it. And not, la- uh, not, the, not being the last, but the least. Y'all remember the story of the War of the Worlds. Praise God. The War of the Worlds. Uh, the War of the Worlds. It was played on the radio, yes. Halloween morning in 1938 by Orson Welles on his thing called Fake News. There were mass reports of stampedes, suicides. There were people that were so angry with him that they wanted to kill him. They had to hide him because they wanted to kill him. And if you get on your internet, you can get on and you can listen to the radio. You can listen to the broadcast uh, in its entirety. I didn't have time to do that. Praise God. But uh, these are all things that have been rumored and said that there are aliens, amen, and that there is life on another planet. But in true reality an article with the U.S. News, when you get to the facts, that's all fiction. It's all, praise God, fiction and drama and all those things. Praise God. But an article with the U.S. News World and Report stated recently that in 1960 in West Virginia, because of the mountains down there, praise God, they began to have a quest and to look for alien signals, radio signals. The National Aeronautics... And Space Administration committed, can you believe this, $100 million 
to a formal mission and search for out the world for intelligence and for signals from space. Can you imagine what we could do with $100 million for God? And they're out there spending it trying to hear something out in space. Praise God. But so far, there's no word that comes from out there. That's in, that's in the magazine called, Is There Life on Other Planets? August 25th, 1997. The article also stated, space hasn't turned up life. So when NASA's Viking landers examined Mars two decades ago, they found a dry environment. Venus was a blazing inferno. More recently, NASA's Pathfinder, praise God, has sent back pictures of Mars that shows a rocky desert terrain, a void of any surface of vegetation, praise God, and nothing of that sort. Amen. So, there, the Bible actually is silent on whether there be any external life forms. Praise God, as popularized in science fiction and uh, all of those in the media. The media plays with that. We have to be careful how much the media affects our thinking. It will affect. I'm reading a book now. And uh, the book is n not really a, it's a book and it's got some bad concepts in it. And uh, I keep telling myself, you know, I got to remember these are bad concepts. And it's good sometimes to understand bad concepts because when you pick them up in people or when you're counseling with people, you understand this is not a good concept. This is where this is coming from. And so it's like learning your enemy's tactics. But the thing of it is, I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want this. We've got to be careful what we listen to, what we hear, what we read, and et cetera, because it does affect the way that we think. Um, and so TV does that. Um, TV over the years, you know, we kind of, kind of uh, you know, a little critical of the preachers that preached against TV, but TV... If you want to see the next generation and the way that they're going to live, just watch what is going on TV this generation because it does affect the way that we live. The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the, the kind of music. Here's the deal. If you want to know what your young person is, it, the way he's thinking or the way she's thinking or whatever, go to their music. Their music will tell you a lot of the way they're thinking and what's going on in their head. And so, praise God, we have to be careful, amen, how much this affects us. Praise the Lord. But the Bible is silent about it, but the media isn't. Uh, I personally don't believe in any life outside of earth, but I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to uh, uh, go into this with creation. Genesis 1.1 says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now that word deep there is the same word meaning depth of water. And so, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and that God divided the light from darkness. Now, 
God created the whole world, everything that's ever created, all the heavens, everything that exists. As far as man can get, God created. So we can say that, you know, we serve a God that had no beginning. He has no end. He is everywhere, although we can't understand that with our limitations. I can't understand there not being an ending somewhere. But he is everywhere. And the Bible said he created that. He made that. So if there were someone somewhere, if there was a Ramanan somewhere, you Star Trek people, then God would have had to create them. And it's just amazing to me, because in my mind I began to think, if he created them, did he create them innocent? And if he created them innocent and they fell, would he had to go on and die for them? So there's all those avenues that you can go in, praise God. A little bit like... Amen. Uh, you know, the, the rabbit hole. And so, amen. But God created it all and made it in existence. Praise God. And so we know that. Psalms tells us in Psalms 115 and 16, he said, the heavens are the Lord's heavens. Praise God. But the earth he has given unto the children of man. And so God has given man the earth. He's given heavens unto the angels. So although we know that there are not life that exists in the heavens such as we do, we know that there is angels that is created. And they exist in the heavens. Praise God. We do know that there are angels. Hebrews 12 and 22 says, But ye are come unto the Mount Zion... And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the immutable company of angels. In other words, just a tremendous amount of angels. Revelations 5 and 11 goes on to say, And I beheld and I heard a voice of many angels around about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times 10,000 and 10 thousandths of thousands. Now, if my calculation's right, it's about 104 million. So, tons of angels that exist in the universe, praise God, and they're there. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and rulers in uh Praise God. And rulers in darkness of the age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places, in the heavenly places. And so, we know on the earth that there are humans. We know that in the heavens, praise God, there's angelic beings. Um, And so, according to science, amen, there is no life. They found no life on the moon. They found no life on Mars. They have not found any light that has ever existed. Now, there are preachers that I know and some of you know, if I would mention them, who would get up and say, man will never go to the moon. God will not allow him. And he has. Praise God. But according to, amen, science, they have never found any life other than what is here on earth. And according to the biblical scripture, 
It does not say it does not exist. But on the other hand, amen, when you read in it, it just, it does not say that it's there. Amen, that there's anything that's there. While we are on the subject of angels, um, there is a, a thought in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 2. And that subject in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 2, it says that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took on them wives and all which they chose. Now, praise God, we are talking about uh, angels. This is talking, some people feel that this is talking about how that, amen, that the uh, sons of God saw the daughters of men. Daughters of men, they feel, and this is very this is a very um, not prominent belief, but it's it's a little bit stronger than I'd like to see it. That men uh, that the sons of man married um, the daughters of angels, and uh, that is just way off. Praise God, because uh, Jesus tells us when asked what the role would be for us when we would die, and our spouses. Praise God. His response in Matthew 22 and 30 says, For in the resurrection they will neither marry nor be given in marriage, but are as the angels that are in heaven. So when we all die and we all go to heaven, um, there's not going to be, we're not going to be married to one another. There's no marriage there. Uh, we're going to relate to each other. We're going to know each other. Praise God, but there's no marriage there. And he's, he's saying that the angels cannot reproduce. They cannot marry each other. They cannot marry uh, human beings. But if you go in and you do a search for the sons of God, you will find, praise God, that anybody that followed God, they called them the sons of God. And anybody that didn't call, follow God, they didn't. Now, um, the angels followed God, and once again, amen, uh, the angels were called the sons of God. And it says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now it's talking about the angels. And Satan came himself, that's in Job chapter 1 and verse 6. And so it talks about how the angels became and uh, the angelic angels, God's angels, um, there was a time when God owned, not owned, but he, yeah, he was master over all angels. And then Satan was one of the top archangels. And uh, he uh, boasted himself up, rose up against God. Uh, and God expelled him, and one-third of the angels went with him, leaving two-thirds left in heaven. And uh, God kicked him out of heaven. My belief is that uh, he created the earth for that purpose because when we read in Genesis that uh, he, he moved upon the face of the deep, uh, the same Greek word, uh, or I'm sorry, the same Hebrew word translated over into the Greek, uh, over into the New Testament when it talks about Satan being cast out. It says that he was cast out into the deep. And then God moved upon the deep, created the heavens and the earth, or had created the world like he did, and of course put Adam and Eve on it. And so, amen, these angels, amen, and one-third of the angels was cast out of heaven. 
So two-thirds stayed with the Lord. When those angels came to the Lord, amen, the sons of God came, those uh, uh, holy angels came to God, then, um, the, uh, uh, then the Satan came also with them. So we find that it says that. And once again, if you do a Google search of sons of God, uh, you'll find that it, how he's actually addressing it. Jesus also used the term in John 1 and 12. Praise God. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So when we come to the Lord and when we begin to live for God, God makes us children of the Lord. That's why, amen, we're called children. That's why in the church we call each other brothers and sisters in the Lord. This is my brother. This is my sister. And we say, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord, sister, because we're all children of the Lord. And just like every good parent, all children are equal to, their cha- uh, to, their, to the parent. How many of you have ever gone to your mom and dad when you had a brother and sister and say, who do you like me more, me or my brother or sister? You ever do that? Did you, you smile? And you won't raise your hands, but you won't, you're smiling, praise God. And in our house, amen, one of the things I never did was I never made competition between my children. I never would allow that. Praise God. But I would, if they would come to me and they would say that, I would say, well, you know I like your brother better than you. Or you know I like your sister better than you. And that would be the end of that one real fast. And now that we're older, I have a little fun with them. I will tell them when they do something to me, you know, not bad. It's just when they do something to me, I'll say to them, well, that puts your brother at the top today. And so now he's my favorite, praise God, between the three boys. But you've gone to your parents and you say, who do you love the most? We're all children of the Lord. And God loves us all the same. Praise God. No matter what your children, each child has their difficulties. Each child has their character. Each child has their ways. And just because, you know, every one will exceed in one or lack in another. Praise God. But every one of them has their qualities and everybody, every one of them has their disqualities, and you love them all the same. We're all children of the Lord. And when we come to God, God calls us his children, the sons of God. Amen. And so Jesus told him, he said, amen, that uh, I will make you the sons of God if you believe in me. Paul picks up on this also and tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. He said, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so, when we begin to walk with the Lord and we begin to talk to God. Now, one of the things that we've got to do to be in a family, we have to be born again. Praise the Lord. Jesus told Nicodemus that a man must be born again. And the way that we are being born again is, amen, of course, we have to uh, go through the book of Acts in and, and, and Acts chapter 2. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, A wind bloweth where it listeneth, and now hearest the sound thereof, and you can't tell where it comes or where it goeth. So is everybody that is born of the Spirit. He said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He obviously was talking about the day of Pentecost, because on the day of Pentecost said, There come a rushing mighty wind, 
and filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. You are all born as we are all born as human beings in a natural body, and that natural body has natural desires. You know what? The Lord really showed me something today. Amen. And this really blows my mind. Think about this. We all got a will. And that will can be so strong that we will allow that will to hold on to hate, to hold on to unforgiveness, even though it's killing us. Think about that. Even though it's killing us, our will makes us hold on to that unforgiveness. Our will makes us hold on to that bitterness. Praise God. Our will makes us, praise God, go in an area we know is not good. It's not good for us. But our will will make us do that. And it will cause us to kill ourselves. Praise the Lord. The will. A man's and a woman's will. Praise the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you to die to that will in your repentance. Die to your will. Your will will get you in trouble. My will causes me more problems than anybody else or any other thing in my life. My will does. My will causes me more problems and more headaches and gets me in more situation than anything else in my life. My will does. Praise God. My Ability to have a will and to do what I want to do. I, my will holds on to hatred so much it can make my days miserable. But I'm not going to let go of that because my will won't let go of it. And so it can drag me down to the ground. You know, the, the thought that I had today was the story, and I know you've said it before, but it's, you know, you've had people that have done things to you. And when they do something to you, amen, it hurts. And sometimes it can hurt. Sometimes it can be lifelong things. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it can be a lot of things. Amen. But the, they, this missionary had this monkey that they could not catch in these traps. He was too smart to catch in the traps. And so, praise the Lord, what they did was they said, we've got to devise something clever. So they took a coconut and they put a hole in it. And they took the other side of the coconut and they hooked it to a chain to a post. And they took a nut that that monkey kept coming after and getting into. And they put it inside that coconut. And then they left it, and the monkey came, he looked in the coconut, he saw the nut, he reached in, he got the coconut, but when he doubled his fist with the nut, he couldn't get it back out of the hole, and he was stuck. And when they come home, he was running and hollering, and they was going to catch him. All he had to do was let go of the nut, and he would have been free. But because he wasn't going to let go of the knot, they was able to capture him and take him to another part of the place away from there 
so there would be no more destruction. And that's exactly what hatred does to us. And unbitterness. I was chuckling today when I thought that nut caused you to be bitter. You got to let go of the nut. Think about that. Praise God. I guess we're calling him a nut maybe. You got to let go of the nut. You got to let that go, praise God, because that bitterness will tear you down. Praise God. You got to just move on. Amen. In your mind, move on. Praise the Lord. Don't get stuck in an area. Just go on. Praise the Lord. Several times today, I had situations where I dealt with someone and it was confrontational. And I was like, as long as it wasn't going to affect me, I was like, you believe what you want. Let's move on. Praise God. I I got better things to do. I'm not going to get tied down. I'm not going to get sidetracked. The devil would like to do that to you. He'd like to sidetrack you every day, all the time. You can't let him do that. Praise God. But when we come to the Lord, we ask God to forgive us. And we say, Lord, I'm repenting of this flesh. I'm repenting of this wheel. I've had my way. I've done it my way. That song, I've had it my way. Lord, I've done it my way. I did it my way. Lord, I want to do it your way. And we have to die out to self and say, God, I am sorry. Praise the Lord. And then we go to the Lord and then he buries us. There's a, there's a description of that. Amen. And that is we're buried in water. Just like a person dies, you put them in the grave. You bury them in water. Once you bury them in water, they come up out of there. Then they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost. And when they do, they're called born again. That's when they're born of the Spirit. That's when they're called the sons of God. Amen. For as the as many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So it's more than just repenting and getting the Holy and being baptized and getting the Holy Ghost. It's living in the Holy Ghost every day. Now we're called the sons of God. Praise God. And when you walk in the Spirit of the Lord and in the things of God, he, man, God helps you every day to be strong and to do as He would have you to do. Praise the Lord. And so that's called the sons of God. So when you look at this scripture, amen, and you, you hear the sons of God, you have to understand, praise God, that that, that scripture is not talking about angelics. Amen. That scripture is talking about angels that walked with God and talked with God. And that's talking about the... the, the, the uh, and uh, Shem and Jacob, uh, that's talking about the tribes that weren't living for the Lord and talking to God and living for God. They didn't have the, the morals of God. They didn't have the, the, uh, the, the, the right living of God. And so they uh, were, in, you know, uh, they were uh, lured over um, by the other side. Let me read that again. Praise God. Uh, The resurrection. Okay. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men. That's what I thought. Praise the Lord. The sons of God. uh, 
where those that were living for the Lord, walking with God, amen, they put their eyes on the tribes that were not living for the Lord or walking with God or had the care of the things of God. And we have to be careful of that. Praise the Lord. We got to be careful. The Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And we have to be careful who we're yoked to, even in our environments. It's one thing to just enjoy the company of some people. But we have to be careful we don't become too wrapped up in environments that are not good. Um, if you're trying to live for the Lord, the best thing for you to do is get away from those that don't want to live for God and get with those that do. Um, Brother Mooney, one of the things that Brother Mooney said to my son when he went to college, he told George, he said, you get as close to me as you can. He said, you stay around me. Praise God. Because, and that's the way it is. If you, want to, uh, if you want to be successful in living for the Lord, then you get around church people. You get around people that love God. You get around people that walk. You cannot be unequally yoked because it's an affection thing. And what he's, what, what the, he's saying here is, he's saying that, uh, you know, that uh, the, 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 daughter, the sons of God saw the daughters of those that weren't living for God and they took unto them wives, and it affected their home. When Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, the general, the the the, the man generally, the woman, the woman generally sets the house up for the man. If you go into my home, I can't tell you pretty much what's in my home. My wife would have to tell you that because she's the one that decorates, and she's the one that does, and she's the one that sets up the house. When the Bible said that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, he pitched his tent towards Sodom because his wife was looking that way. He would have better to been better, and he may have been looking that way, but he would have been better as a man to say, uh-uh, we're not doing this, we're not pitching it. Because the next thing you know, he's down in Sodom. And then the next thing you know, Praise God. Sodom's going to be destroyed. He's trying to leave, and he can't get his children out of there. And the Bible says that they mock him. And the reason they mocked him was he was not the man that he should be and take the stand. They, he, they did not have any respect for him. You know, here's the thing. Everybody in here, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, if you know to do something right, you need to take a stand on that. Praise God. And you need to take a stand. People may not like you, but they'll respect you because you take a stand. I got a story. I was selling a uh, car, truck. And the guy said to me, he asked me about it. I told him everything that I knew about it. And he said to me, he said, when we go down to the license bureau, he said, would you say you sold this to me for 1000 instead of 2000 I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. He said, okay, I'll buy the car. I said, what do you mean you'll buy the car? He said, I figured that if you wouldn't lie, to, if you was going to lie down there to them about the price of this car, you would have lied to me about what was wrong with it. Praise God. You see, they may not like you, but they'll respect you. Praise the Lord. And you need to take a stand for what's right. And you need to get in with the people 
praise God, to take a stand for what's right. Don't you love it when someone says to you, you know, my little Bobby, he's not bad. It's just all the people he's hanging around with. And then somebody else down the road, you know, my, my, my Troy, he's not bad. He's just he's hanging around with Bobby. Praise God. It just, the thing of it is, amen, you take a stand, but we need to be children of the Lord. Amen. Because you see, we're the only ones going to heaven. There's not going to be any androids up there. No Martians. Praise God. Just us. Amen. When we all get to heaven, can you say praise the Lord? Anybody got a question? Good. Let's all stand. <laughs> Amen. We've got to live for the Lord. We've got to come to God. We've got to live for the Lord. We've got to be children of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit. God, touch, Lord, and to move. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Let the word of God be settled in our hearts. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and glory and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?